Welcome to the Agile Confessional, a podcast that shares fun confessions from people who've spent a large part of their career working in the Agile world. Hear the mistakes they've made along the way so you can avoid falling into the same traps in the future. I'm your host, Giles Lindsay, CEO of Agile Delta Consulting. I'm the coach who absolves my guests of the sins made in the Agile world. It's time to listen in on the latest instalment. Welcome everyone to episode three of The Agile Confessional. Today's guest is Alkesh Shah. Hi Alkesh. Hi Charles, thank you for having me today. Alkesh is an enterprise Agile coach with over 40 years in IT and business. He has over 12 years experience in Agile roles. Now he backs this up with many qualifications from an MBA to Safe SPC, Scrum Master Professional, Product Owner and Enterprise Agile Coach. He became an IBM Agile Thought Leader and now with a management consultancy where he can help business functions outside IT become Agile. He is passionate about behaviour and culture of organisations and how they can be Agile rather than simply just doing Agile. Alkesh, shall we begin? Yes, forgive me coach for I have sinned. What Agile sins would you like to confess today? My biggest one, I think, is that I get paid to impart common sense to people. And I feel really embarrassed and ashamed of doing that. I find that telling people this new way of working, this kind of things that they should be doing, and I feel really bad afterwards thinking, did I just treat them like idiots? They're just doing what they're supposed to be doing anyway. They're doing things for a customer. So how do they know what the customer wants? And instead of all of this complexity that companies give us, like requirement specifications or acceptance criteria or whatever, it's much simpler than that. Just ask them. And when I say that, it's like a revelation to them. And I think, really? How did you manage to get to where you did in the company? (laughs) You know, but it is common sense. So I'm kind of a little embarrassed. I did do a lot of learning, as you just said, lots of different qualifications to try and understand if there is some black art in this and I've got to learn a lot more. But, you know, the more that I've learned, the more that I've done, the more I'm realizing that actually this is just labeling common sense. So I do feel bad, but that's what I've done. And what did you learn from this? Well, I've learned that common sense isn't very common at all. And people do put a lot of emphasis on labeling things and organizations don't want to look inwardly and feel that they have been stupid or they haven't followed common sense. They've grown organically into a very complex mess and they sometimes have to kind of maintain some of that because of the structure and because of the size that they are. So it's been difficult for them to adopt this kind of simplicity, all the magic things that we do in Agile recognizing new startups and how they've shot them into thinking better is making them view this in a different light and listening to people like us and thinking, okay, maybe there is something in it. I've yet to have somebody say to me, is that it? So it's been really good. I've delivered a job that keeps me in a job. But at the end of the day, they have to realize that this isn't new. I think I said the other day, it's a bit like cooking. You know, when you're cooking, you put an ingredient in, you taste it, you decide whether you want more of the ingredient or not. And that's just iterative, instant feedback, working. Why does Agile have to be labeled and done something differently? You're actually working and living that way already. Collaboration. Companies spend a fortune on collab tools and get people in to try and make their silos break down and work collaboratively. Cavemen used to collaborate, didn't they? The first time two men, two women, whoever, decided to look at each other's work and iterate on it and improve on it, that's collaboration, that's instant feedback, that's responding to changes. All of those magic things that we do aren't new. They're human behavior things that we've done from dot. And what advice would you give to others? My advice would be simplicity. Stop, think about what you're doing, 
think about breaking it down. Many years ago, I remember watching a brilliant video by John Cleese. He did a lot of training videos for businesses and he had one about an elephant. You know, when you're faced with a problem that's the size of an elephant, you cannot digest that on its own. You have to chop it up. Sounds disgusting when I think about it now, but the reality is that nothing is too big. Everything can be broken down simply enough for you to be able to acknowledge, understand, share and work on it to break things down. That's the same for Agile and for the practices and for the things that we do. Think about the purpose. Why are we doing what we're doing? How can we apply it in a very simple way? And the more simpler we make it, the more people will understand it, the better that this would work. Do you have any other sins you would like to confess? Yes, actually, there is another one. And this is perhaps across the Agile community. What I do is mix and match practices. And I know some purist coaches who believe in one particular framework over another might kind of feel a bit offense to that. So apologies. And I guess that's a sin. My view, though, and the reason that I've got lots of different qualifications for lots of different companies is because I'm interested in how they view organizations and that behavior piece in their adoption of Agile. Then I pick and mix and match bits and pieces. So for example, I take EAT from Scrum at Scale, which is an executive action team, because we need decision makers and senior people to be able to take on those big uh, organizational impediments that are stopping progression of this stuff. And so adopting techniques like that or LACE from SAFE, LACE being Lean Agile Center of Excellence, to have a governing body that from the top tries to make a consistent approach to some of this stuff. So there are some really good practices we can pull in, but we don't have to force everybody down a particular route. And sometimes that mix and match kind of upsets people. And what have you learned from this then? I've learned that it really works if you do mix and match, because now you're thinking more about the purpose and the reason for doing this in the first place. What's the organization need? What does a team need? And being able to just mix and match doesn't mess up. Well, of course, if you're trying to go for a qualification, you might need to study in a particular way. But the actual application should be much more about the purpose and what you're going to benefit from it than about following a set process. I can't stand these kind of 10-step processes that if you follow, then suddenly you're agile and everything works. In the real world, in real experience, that's not the case. It's about why are we doing it? Start with the why. Understand what the benefit's going to be and then choose which of those steps you're going to do. And you might even change the order that works for you. Who cares? As long as it works for you. What advice would you give to others? The one I think mostly that I've mixed and works well, and I know many people do this, is Scrum Ban. Think about the most simple approach to Agile is like Jeff Sutherland's Scrum, Scrum Sprints. But instead of just keeping it as a sprint, have a board in the background that is a very simple Kanban board. Don't operate it as a Kanban, but operate still as a sprint. But look at the Kanban in your daily stand-ups and look at the progression of work across. The reason I say that is because it gives you a target point to talk about so people can recognize blocks, recognize dependencies. Look at flow. You can visualize the fact that you've got some bottlenecks coming. You've got you know the team together as they own the sprint goal together can help each other progress things much quicker because you now you can visually see where the issues are. So the work in progress limit sort of thing, but also about how they feel. Because if they see progression and they see that see it flow across the board over days, it actually makes them feel better and makes them feel like they're achieving something, they're working towards something and collectively they're hitting something. Besides being a you know, visual radiator for other people so they don't interrupt them, they can see straight away something really good's happening. 
I think that's a really good mix. And I'm, I know it might be a sin to mix them, but I'd still advise people to go and mix at least those two. Alkesh, thank you very much. Now, are you ready for your absolution and penance? Yes, I am. Alkesh, uh, you'll be happy to hear that I absolve you of your sins, and your penance is to go and find 10 non-agilists, non-believers possibly, and go and actually share some of your thought leadership with them to help them come on their agile journey. Oh, wow. Thank you, Coach. I will do that. I will go and find 10 non-believers and show them the light. Alkesh, thanks very much. Thank you, Coach. Thank you.